Welcome to You Relevant, the podcast that is all about helping you find relevance in the economy of now. My name is Mike Wheeler, and I'm an online instructor, entrepreneur, and cloud career coach. I gravitate towards tools and tech that enable you to create something new, advance your career, and find the intersection between attainable and essential. All right, so today I'm joined by Samuel Kephart and... Uh, We've tried to connect several times over the past few years. And so, Samuel, it's great for me to finally connect with you. How are you doing today? Awesome. Uh, thank, thank you for having me, Mike. I am super excited to get to talk to you and to do this interview. I'm, uh, I'm doing amazing. I'm in a, a transition to a brand new journey in my life, and I couldn't be, I couldn't be happier or more ecstatic. Awesome. Yeah, I know it was back, I think, at Dreamforce 2018, I believe it was, we were trying to connect. Uh, I think the company that you worked for at the time had rented a yacht uh, for Dreamforce because hotel rooms are so hard to come by. Yep. And this is pre-COVID, of course. And I thought it'd be really cool to do an interview on a yacht, you know, in the Bay Area. And unfortunately, I got sick. And so it ended up not being the greatest of Dreamforces for me. But I'm glad that uh, you're still doing well in the ecosystem. And you'd reached out recently saying that you had an inspiring story to share as well. So yeah. kind of curious about your journey and, and what your journey has been like going into a Salesforce career. So I, um, one, one of the cool things I, I, uh, I'm a Salesforce evangelist through and through. Um, I absolutely love the platform and I love what it can do for people's lives. Um, Growing up, I grew up in, I grew up in little, they, they weren't even con considered cities. They were considered villages. They were so tiny that they didn't even have a cent any census data um, pulled on them. And they were all mining communities. So cool mining. And um, growing up, uh, I graduated high school in 2007. Um, I, I did not apply myself. Um, I graduated in the high 70s out of like 90 kids. Um, so I, I graduated though, but I never, I never applied myself. I was never, I never got excited about anything. Um, and it was really this uh, state where um, me and my two older brothers, we didn't really know what we wanted to do. Um, we did know that everybody wanted us to go to college because we would be the first ones to go to college. And I can say that I was the first one to get a bachelor's degree on my side of the family. And we, all went to college. We all graduated, um, but the the thing was was we graduated during the um, the the time in American history during the Great Recession. Um, so we graduated, and once again we were we, we were stuck with a bunch of student loan debt and had no clue what in the world we were going to do. We we couldn't find jobs, um, and thankfully, uh, me and one of my older brothers got hired by an IT company in State College, Pennsylvania. And funny thing was, is they used Salesforce there. Um, very, very small org. Um, I, I was so confused. I didn't know what in the world I was doing. Um, I had no clue what Salesforce was at the time. Um, and that was in 2012. And ever since then, it has been a, a huge life-changing experience over the past 10 years. Um, and I, I couldn't be more grateful for what the Salesforce economy has given me. Awesome. So it sounds like you were jumping into Salesforce around the same time that I was. I think I started studying around 2011. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a great opportunity because you got your got hands on experience in a job with Salesforce there. 
And um, so at what point in that journey did you realize anything about certifications? Was that uh, out of necessity to help you with your job? Or was it more you saw certifications as a way of advancing your career? Um, and, what's, and what certifications do you have? Because so, I haven't looked. <laughs> yep. So right now I'm working on, I have three and I'm working on three more. Um, so I have an administrator, a platform app builder, and an advanced administrator. Um, the three that I'm working on are my platform developer one, my sales cloud consultant, and my CPQ specialist certification. Perfect. Okay. So at what point did you get certified and was your first certification the admin certification? Yep. yep. Okay. And my first one was in 2018. Um, but when I really got serious about this was um, I had a little boy. And at, at the time, I thought I thought I had made it. I thought I, my, my career had reached its pinnacle and I was doing great things. Um, and then I realized that, that diapers and uh, health, health insurance deductibles and all of the things that go into it cost a lot more than what I was making. So I, um, in 2016, got super serious. That was my first ever Dreamforce event. Um, that, that event completely changed my life and my trajectory in this career path. Um, I remember uh, the Moscone Center, third floor, uh, uh, Tony Robbins was giving a speech and I sat in the very back and um, th this, was, this, was the, this was the part of my career that really changed. Like that moment, um, I think it all built up over time, but that was really the moment where things really snapped into place. Um, I was sitting in the back and all, all of the people that didn't want to participate sat in the back and these rooms could hold so many people. So you can kind of hide back there. And he did this thing where we all had to participate and we all had to yell at each other. I own you. And um, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm too shy to do this. I, I can't do this. Uh, I can't talk in public, let alone yell at a complete stranger that I own you. <laughs> and um, I, I, I participated a little bit. Um, There's a very shy lady that was sitting beside me that did the same. Um, <laughs> and whenever I left that event, I, I was walking back and I was staying in the mission district and I was walking back and I was just thinking about how amazing it was that I got to be there um, and all of the opportunities that I had. And then I started thinking to myself, how am I going to, how am I going to be super successful and, and, and be one of the absolute best out there. If I can't even do a Tony Robbins, I own you session the right way. Um, so I, I really, that was the point where things took off for me. I started, I get, I geek out. So if, if I'm geeking out a little bit too much, you could tell me to pump the brakes, but um, I geek out about Salesforce. I absolutely love it. Um, from that point forward, every, the sky was the limit. I, I took on every project that I could Salesforce related. Um, I got to work for some very big companies doing some awesome projects, working with some amazing people, some very smart people. Um, and I always made sure I wasn't the smartest person in the room um, so that I could learn from them and grow from them. And uh, that, that was really the, the, the start of it. One thing that you said, I think is so wise. And I think to pull that out and share that with others is that you made sure you weren't the smartest person in the room. And uh, that gives you the opportunity to grow and to learn, you know, mm -hmm. and, and also having that sense of humility. And I always try to approach that myself with, 
wanting to surround myself with those that push me out of my comfort zones. And it sounds like that Tony Robbins did that for you, yeah. you know, for sure. And he's, he's famous for that. I remember my first dream force was I think 2013. And uh, I was so shy that I didn't even go in the room, but I, I was like outside the room and I could hear all this yelling going on. I was like, what is going on in there? You know, but out of that came this, I guess, drive for you to really push yourself that plus having a child that'll really motivate you as well. And I know that for myself, one of the motivating factors to cause me to stay up late at night and to study, try and get certified, try and land that first Salesforce job was to be able to provide, you know, like Mm -hmm. you said, so having that motivation and then that desire to be one of the best. And so what you've seen in your own journey is uh, a progression of greater responsibility, greater opportunity, and probably greater pay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know when you were starting out in that first position, sounds like uh, you thought that that would you were set and everything. Mm-hmm. Do you have some sort of percentage or idea around? Uh, you know, I'm not going to ask for income or anything like that, mm-hmm. but uh, as far as how much your salary has improved over this past decade? Well, I, I did some quick math in my head. So this, this isn't exact, but I would say uh, around 550% increase okay. um, over the past 10 years. Um, awesome. So, yep. And that, that helps buy the diapers. That helps make, that helps pay the deductible bills. Um, that helps pay um, for, for all kinds of, of great experiences with my kids. And that was really the biggest thing was just wanting to get to be, um, able to provide for my kids. So that's, that, that's one of the coolest parts of this is if you, if you invest in yourself and you're willing, if you're willing to at five o'clock sign off for a little bit, go have dinner, play with the kids, get back on once they fall asleep, do trailhead modules. I've, I've done so many of your courses, Mike, that, Whenever I'm reading trailhead modules, I can read it in your voice. I know that might sound weird, but I've done so many of your courses that I, my trailhead voice is your voice talking to me. <laughs> um, Irrelevant is sponsored by MikeWheelerMediaLive.com. If you are studying for your first Salesforce certification, I want to let you know about my live training option. I run a live Salesforce administrator training class three to four times a year. This is a live class that runs for nine weeks. And in this live setting, I cover the latest updates from Salesforce, and I'm also able to answer your questions live. So if you like to learn in a live group setting with greater interactivity, then go to MikeWheelerMediaLive.com. There you'll find schedule and pricing information and FAQ, and you can also register. Just go to MikeWheelerMediaLive.com for details. But I, that's one of the things I realized is if, if you are willing, if you're willing to give up some things, like I used to watch football, I used to, I used to do all kinds of things. And I realized I actually like doing this much more than just passively sitting there watching a football game. Um, so I reinvested that time into Salesforce and it has paid me back year after year. I've gotten bigger opportunities. Um, I've, I've gotten, I've gotten more responsibility. I've gotten to do much cooler projects. Um, so that, that constant investment in growing, growing my Salesforce technical skill set definitely worth it. And one of the things that helps me provide for my kids. Awesome. So you've taken this journey. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to really highlight in what you're talking about. 
is that you know everyone on the news and in the media everyone's talking about investing in this company or investing in this stock or investing in this cryptocurrency or now invest mm -hmm. in this nft or whatever it may be mm -hmm. but having this mindset of investing in yourself and the primary business or stock or whatever that anyone watching this should be concerned with is investing in your own company which is yourself your career mm -hmm. creating your career as your business and then also you talked about this passive just consumption of media and watching sports and you flip that now to becoming a creator and i call it becoming a creator in a consumption world like everyone is a consumer and just on their phones and just mm -hmm. mesmerized with the latest distraction they mm -hmm. like to netflix and chill and so i want to encourage everyone watching to be like Samuel and Netflix and skill by working through courses and learning. And that is a huge investment for your future. So mm -hmm. that's so exciting and amazing. And I think the headline out of this is 550% as far as the salary increase. And, uh, and this is very attainable for people. So when you were starting out, I know you kind of fell into Salesforce in a way. Did you have much over the past 10 years, have you encountered the imposter syndrome as far as feeling like, oh, who am I to be doing this or portraying myself as an expert? Talk about imposter syndrome and how you handle that or how you approach that, or if you even listen to that voice anymore. Mm -hmm. Every day, <laughs> even to this day. Um, okay. And this does sound weird, but I use it as fuel um, because I, I'm sitting there maybe wondering, am I, am I, good enough to even be here right now. Um, the, the, uh, the other people on my team seem so much smarter. Um, at the end of the day, and, and one of the things I found by leaving my, my previous company is you were good enough to be there and you were just as smart as they were. Um, but we, we tend to do this thing like imposter syndrome where we feel like um, we, the make it till you fake it kind of deal. Um, but in reality, you do know exactly what you're doing, but there's so much pressure to, to be perfect and to not screw up because a business is running off of Salesforce. So they're, they're counting on you to do everything to the best of your ability. Um, so what I do is I, I use it as fuel. If, there, if I feel like I'm an imposter, I go and I learn what it is till I feel like I'm a little bit less of an imposter. Um, and then uh, over time, you, you, you slowly get into a groove and, and I don't wanna get to the point where I'm so comfortable that I don't feel like an imposter anymore though, um, because I, I hate the comfort zone. Um, I, I have a sign hanging up that, um, sorry, it's behind, it's behind this board, but um, basically it says life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And uh, that's what, that's one of the biggest things is feeling like an imposter just pushes you to do things that much better to, to put in that extra 10% to, to try your best to over, over deliver on what it is you were supposed to build. Um, definitely use it as fuel. Uh, and I, I don't know that I'll ever not feel like an imposter, to be honest with you. Um, I consider myself an expert and I still feel like an imposter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. And that's something that I think everyone uh, who uh, aspires to create something will face, you know, mm -hmm. and that is, that is unique in this endeavor uh, because Salesforce is a tool that does empower us to create things, to create enterprise level applications at scale that can drive businesses forward. And 
you know, Salesforce themselves posted, I think on LinkedIn yesterday, asking how often are you outside of your comfort zones? And I answered daily because, and maybe not daily, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration because I don't work every single day, but whenever I uh, step behind the handy microphone here and hit record, it's kind of like, okay, and this has been from the first time that I started to record a course was, you know, who am I to, um, you know, teach anyone anything. But the point is, is that we all start at the same place, which is zero, you know, mm -hmm. and over time we get that experience. So talk to me some about the different industries that you've worked in, because when I first met you and was trying to connect at Dreamforce, you were working for a learning management system company and, it looks like now, can you tell me where you're at now and what different industries you've had a, an opportunity to work in? Yes, yeah, so um, I'm going to, my, my, my new journey is with a company called Charles River Laboratories. It's a biotech company from um, out of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, if, if you go onto their website, one of the great things that I'm the most excited about is they are into everything. Um, so as, as an admin, I go on and I see all of these products and all of these services, and I get excited because I, I get to be the guy behind the scenes that helps build out the solution that can get those products and services out the market. Um, so that's one of the that's one of the most exciting things is whenever I see a company that has a portfolio that big, that means that I have a lot of exciting things to do. And there's a there's a lot of responsibility to do it the right way. Um, uh, previously, I was the manager of a Salesforce solutions team at Capital Blue Cross in Harrisburg, PA. Um, amazing team. There was 35 people total on the team. Um, we, we had a nice mix of onshore and offshore resources, a very streamlined pro, uh, uh, pipeline. Um, everything that we did, we, we in an agile fashion, we did it by the books. Um, super fun team to work with. Um, before that, I worked for an education company called Blackboard, um, and they, they were into a little bit of everything as well. So they, um, they grew organically where they could and where they couldn't grow organically, they acquired companies. Um, so I got to work with a bunch of different companies that sold all kinds of products and services for the education, um, the, the education market for, for anywhere from K-12 to professional level. Uh, uh, it, it did not matter. They were into a little bit of everything. Um, so those were those were the three main industries. Um, so so uh, a, a nice mix between um, he health insurance in general, um, education, and now I'm going into biotech. So I'm super excited to to learn about the biotech space. Awesome. So what was your degree in from college? Uh, small business management and entrepreneurship. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was one of very few to graduate with an entrepreneurship degree at the time. I don't know if it's if it's become more popular, um, but in, in 2011, when I graduated, um, there were very few of us that had graduated with an entrepreneurship degree. Right. Yeah. It seems like that's become much more in vogue now. You know, uh, see a lot more entrepreneurs popping up and then celebrities like Gary Vaynerchuk uh, pr promoting uh, all of that. So mm -hmm. fascinating. So it's interesting to me that you've had this opportunity opportunity to work with, uh, I guess, healthcare and insurance and uh, getting into biotech and just this diversity of different industries. And um, so, and you've remained an administrator, your senior administrator. So 
talk to me about and share with others what the day in the life of an administrator such as yourself, what that looks like. What, what are you doing? So uh, an administrator um, it is one, one of the beautiful things is you, is it changes daily. <laughs> um, you're never, it's not, uh, I, one, one of the good examples I like to give is that, that some jobs are like an assembly line where you, you stamp fenders for a car. Um, uh, an, an administrator, you start stamping fenders and then by 930, you're told that you have to make a tire and you've never made a tire before. Um, you have no clue what it takes to make a tire. So you go on to trailhead, you go onto the help sites, you figure out how to make a tire. And by the end of the day, you, you make a tire. <laughs> um, I know that's a very vague way to put it, but, um, uh, one of the biggest things that the thing that I like the most about the administrator side is all, all of the org management. So users in general, user, user management, um, setting up the sharing the, the access, controlling those types of things. I sincerely love doing that. Um, another thing that I love doing is working on third-party applications. So I've been lucky enough over the years to get to work on sales cloud, service cloud, community cloud. Um, community cloud obviously is changing to experience cloud soon. Um, uh, I've gotten to work on uh, a little bit of health cloud at my previous job, just a little bit, um, but uh, third-party applications like Oracle CPQ, Aptis CPQ, um, Financial Force Professional Service Automation, Kimball Professional Service Automation, um, the, some of those tools are the funnest ones for an administrator in my position because those do take you out of your comfort zone. Salesforce is Salesforce and object is an object, but whenever you have an, a third party application on top of it, it makes it that much more of a challenge to try to get everything to work cohesively, make sure that your user your users have the correct level of, uh, of access, that the sharing is set up correctly, um, and especially if you have multiple divisions within the company or multiple departments. Um, so that's one of the that's one of the things that I think an administrator um, should learn early because that'll be a big part of their job is the sh the sharing model, the user management piece, and making all of those applications work cohesively together. Urelevant is sponsored by MikeWheelerMediaPlus.com. You'll find all of my courses on my platform, so just go to MikeWheelerMediaPlus.com. You'll also find exclusive content there, such as my brand new Salesforce Certified Administrator course for 2021. It's bigger and better than ever and available nowhere else. Simply go to MikeWheelerMediaPlus.com and sign up for a seven-day free trial today. You'll find dozens of courses and hundreds of hours of in-depth video training content. Also, be sure to download our mobile apps for iOS and Android. Just search for Mike Wheeler Media Plus on your favorite app store, and you'll find us there too. Excellent. Is there anything else that you're wanting to get to or share? Well, one one of the things, uh, I'll, and, if, and if you'd like, I can send you the picture. Um, one of the things that uh, early on that I mentioned was whenever, whenever I hit that point of my first job and I thought I had made it, um, it was uh, the, the reason why I thought I'd made it was me and my brothers, we grew up very poor. Um, we grew up in a trailer that whenever they actually, whenever we moved out and they tried to move the trailer, um, it, it made it like, I don't know, a, a, a hundred yards down the road and it literally broke in half. Um, our, our bedroom was the size of of a closet. Um, and 
I, I, one of the things that I always tell people is if you invest in yourself and you're willing to take the time to do this, that it will pay you back. Um, and, and if, and if you'd like to put this into the video, I, I would appreciate it because I know that there's a lot of people that say, I probably couldn't do that. That seems too challenging. Um, but if you could, if you could go from a, a young guy that lived in a trailer, trailer park that had nothing and, and make it to this point over the course of 10 years, um, uh, it, and it really is seriously just investing in yourself and not, not really listening to what anybody has to say. If you have a dream, don't tell anybody, just keep it inside and just keep working at it every day. Um, and uh, companies companies will value that. They'll they'll look at you and they'll say you you are technically skilled in your huge Salesforce geek. Well, that's what we want. We want we want this evangelist. We want that guy that's going to come in and get people excited and show up every day and say good morning to everybody. Um, that that's one of the things that I thoroughly enjoy is loving what I do and getting to help people be happy <laughs> in in our ecosystem. I I. Uh, um, for the past year and a half, um, I've been a co-leader for one of the local user groups for, for Salesforce in the Harrisburg area. Um, and I, that, I just love helping people expand, expand what it is that Salesforce is in the first place um, and then encouraging them. If you, if you take the time, you can make this work. Um, and it, it gets me excited whenever I can actually get somebody to take the first step, which, which is always the hardest. Right. I know for years I was out there kind of before I started teaching online, trying to convince people like you need to learn this, you need to do this because I saw the opportunity and I got hired and like doubled my income overnight in that first Salesforce job, you know, from the older path I was on, which was a technical writer, which paid well, but nowhere near what Salesforce does, Salesforce mm -hmm. jobs. And it was, it was kind of funny because I would I would be bugging people so much, you know, like, Hey, do you have a pulse? You should learn Salesforce, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It, it, people became kind of wary. Like, why is he bugging me so much about this? Like, what's the, what's the motive? Is he making money by referring people yeah. or does he, does he have stock in Salesforce, which yeah. I don't, you know? Uh, and so I don't think people are used to this level of enthusiasm for a platform or software technology. Mm -hmm. And it's not the software, it's what the software can do, which is amazing, and what it can do for your career. And so what are some of the, I guess, doubts or objections that people have told you? Because I'm sure I can tell from your, your, uh, your attitude here that you probably talk to a lot of people about what they should investigate as far as the career path to Salesforce. What are some of the objections or confusion points and some of the responses that you get uh, from people? Yeah. So I, I also had people think that it was like a, like a pyramid scheme. Right. Me too. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like, like I was trying to get them to sign on to sell, to sell something. And then I would explain to them, well, Salesforce is, is really like a platform that you can do anything on. Um, it's a platform that a business uses to do anything. And then um, a lot of them would say, well, I've, I've never done anything like that before. How am I going to learn? And immediately I, I help them set up a trailhead account and they go on and they love like the gamification of it. Um, but they still have this mindset where there's no jobs today. Um, and in some industries, especially where I grew up, that is the case. There are no jobs. Um, but once like one of the biggest things is I stopped, I stopped being 
that that uh, that poor kid that lived in the trailer park mentally and started being a Salesforce uh, evangelist. And that's that's when it changed. Whenever I stopped saying there are no jobs, uh, and the jobs started coming to me. Um, I would I would have recruiters reach out to me um, on plat on LinkedIn platform, any of those platforms. Um, and one of the things is the biggest cha challenge is overcoming the fact that there are no jobs when in reality in the Salesforce ecosystem, there are jobs. Um, you just have you just have to get your foot in the door. That's all it takes is find somewhere that is willing to give you an opportunity to work on their Salesforce product, even if it's for free, even if you're volunteering at, at a at a nonprofit organization for six months. That is enough to get your foot in the door and get going and, and really see huge growth compared to any other job. Uh, and I, and I, I, I know that I know that there's probably a lot of jobs out there that have this kind of growth. I, I'm not exactly sure what they are, but I can I can tell you that nowhere I grew up had anything that had this type of growth um, for, for 10 years for, for a guy in his 30s to hit this point. Um, I could not have done it driving the cool trucks. Um, I could not have done it working in the cool mines. I could not have done it um, working at the, I worked at a Louis Vuitton leather factory. <laughs> I could not have done this at any of those places. Um, and the cool thing is, is I get to do this all from home. I don't even have to commute to a building. I don't have to leave. I could do all of my learning in all of my jobs. I could do them fully remote. Um, so I, I have the peace of mind that once I'm done, I close the I close my lid and I go outside and play with my kids. But I think the biggest hurdle is that mind shift change of somebody that may have worked in like healthcare or worked in manufacturing, learning the platform and then knowing there actually are jobs and there are people that are willing to pay you to do those jobs. You just have to be confident enough to go out and do it. Mm -hmm. So you worked at a Louis Vuitton leather factory, and <laughs> that's interesting. What'd you do there? Yeah, I <laughs> a little bit of everything. It it was pretty. It was it was a hard job. Probably the hardest uh, physically, the hardest job I've ever had. Um, and uh, I worked in a couple different departments where we prepared the leather to go into these big drums to be colored. Okay. Um, and then uh, some of them were like uh, these huge machines that that shaved the leather down to a specific thickness um, so that so that whoever the company was that was buying it from us, they, they would say we need it to be X millimeters thick, for example, and we'd shave it down. Um, so there are so many different jobs that I did at that place. Uh, I, I kind of just bounced around and that I, I love the fact that I wasn't in one place at the, at, at the same time. I, every day was something different. Oddly enough, my Salesforce job is like that as well. Every day is something different and there's a new challenge. Yeah. I'm just looking at your LinkedIn profile. Looks like you were with McDonald's for a while, a GM in training yep. um, and general contractor. It's just fascinating to me to learn people's background and history. And did you ever work in the coal mines or anything? Nope. I lived right below them though. So they okay. actually had to, um, so the, the one that my dad worked at um, was uh, a couple football fields away from our house. So they, they would actually come to our house and they do like they do these inspections where they check to see that the foundation wasn't shifting, um, water test, you name it. Um, yeah. I, um, I, we grew up right down the road. So we used to, we had these little beat up three wheelers 
uh-huh. we would ride at, at the end of the day when we heard the bulldozers shut off we would ride our three-wheelers up and these were these are big mines i mean they're a couple hundred feet deep open pit mines um we'd ride our three-wheelers down in and we uh, <laughs> uh it was it was a very different life um I can tell you that the 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 upbringing that I had my first year of college, um, I I told myself I wanted to do business law, and um, uh, I had a one of my favorite professors, Dr. Cuisenberry. She was the most fierce woman I've ever met in my life, um, and she gave she gave me some good advice. She said, "If you're going to succeed, you can't talk the way you talk." Um, because I had this weird Western Pennsylvania accent. You couldn't understand half of the words I said. Um, so I, I learned how to talk like a normal normal person. Um, I did very good in business law, but then realized I, I uh, wanted to do, I wanted to actually start my own business. So then I switched over to um, entrepreneurship. And, uh, but that, that was one of those things that just, just go, going from growing up in the coal mines to actually going to college, um, realizing that so many things had to change in order for me to be successful. I think just being willing to adapt, being willing to change whoever you are right now for whoever you will become later. Um, I, I'm willing today to change myself to be able to um, change into whoever it is I need to be in the future. Um, one, one, ad- adaptation, constant adaptation. Continual daily improvement, what it's all about. And it works for software and it works for people. So how many generations back, you mentioned your father worked at the cold mines, coal mines, not cold mines. One of us didn't learn how to speak properly with me. The coal mines, how many generations back, was that a generational thing in your family? How many generations do you know? So even even to this day, my my, uh, pap drives cool truck. My dad drives cool truck. They still haul it. uh, most of it's being shipped overseas at this point. America isn't as com- consuming as much as as um, they used to. But um, going back before that, um, my, my mom tells me stories of uh, my great grandfather running the the huge drag lines um, that that the huge cable system drag lines. If you if you Google it, it's amazing to see these things. Um, and and my my pap was one of the guys that helped oil the drag line to make sure that it was greased and oiled. And uh, so it does go back several generations. And uh, me and my brothers did not go into that. We all uh, we all went into something a little bit different. Um, and uh, none of us went into the, the cool industry. Um, I'm, I'm obviously into the Salesforce ecosystem. Uh, my, my middle brother, he is the uh, director of information technology for a school district. And my oldest brother, he's a journeyman, so he travels around the United States and mo- mostly Pennsylvania, working on power lines. Um, so we we've all we all escaped and we moved a little bit out, but we didn't go too far. We can still go back and see our mom. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's important to to stay in touch with mom for yep. sure. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure I'm kind of relating this to the movie October Sky because. I just remember in that film, it was a young man that was multi-generation coal mines, and he was dreaming of something above ground, basically. And so I know probably growing up in that situation, you felt like the coal mines were maybe calling your name or you were going to just end up there, but you found a path that was a different path. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in that, having some entrepreneurial aspirations, 
So with a decade of Salesforce experience now and an entrepreneurial mindset, do you have any thoughts or ideas about building the next great app or anything like that? Are you, are you looking to marry the entrepreneurship with uh, your cloud skills now or anything like that? I, I'm always daydreaming about that. That's, that's one of my downfalls is I daydream way too much. Um, but I am always looking for different ways, especially on the Salesforce platform to like, I'll, I'll go into a situation and I'll be like, oh, if you give, if you gave me three hours, I could fix this problem for you. You're going to need a Salesforce license to do it though. Um, but I'm, I'm always thinking, um, so I don't exactly know what the future holds. Uh, I've, I've always wanted to own my own business. Um, but I think I need to just quiet this thing down a little bit and get focused, to be honest, because I have, I have too many, I have too many ideas going at the same time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can kind of relate to that. <laughs> so, well, it, man, it's been a, a great talk, very inspiring. I love your enthusiasm and it just is contagious. And, uh, so I'm just so glad that you reached out, wanted to, uh, connect and glad to have a chance to share your story with others and any final parting words or advice for others that think that they're it's what would you say to those that say I'm either too young I'm too old I'm not technical enough or uh it's you know it doesn't fit in my family dynamic or background or history it's the I'm too fill in the blank what would be your response to that I I have um I've heard that from just about everybody that um, I think, I, I don't think that there is an age limit for learning Salesforce. Um, any, anybody that's willing to take the time to do this can absolutely do it, um, which, which is scary for, um, for job security, but is amazing in, in a sense. Um, the fact that anybody that's willing to do it can do it. Um, is scary for us that are that are successful because we know that there, if somebody's hungry enough, they could come take this from us. Um, and really, it is just create a Trailhead account, um, get get completely focused on learning this thing, um, and volunteer. So if you can't get a job at a company that uses it, volunteer some somewhere. Somebody somebody out there needs help with their with their Salesforce applications. Um, volunteer, get get some experience, and promote yourself. Sell yourself on LinkedIn. Sell yourself to companies, um, and that that I feel is the perfect first step. And it is takes zero money to do, just investment and time that that you're willing to put in. Um, uh, and I I always say to all of my interns that I've got to work with, um, I always say live for Monday. Uh, because if you have a job where you're you live for Friday afternoon, you're you don't you're not living for Monday and you're not living for the opportunity that Monday gives you. Um, if you live for Monday, you'll enjoy your weekend. If you live for Friday, you stress all weekend worrying about Monday. So get into the Salesforce ecosystem and you'll live for Monday and get to actually enjoy your your weekends. Great words of wisdom, Samuel Kephart. Thank you so much for your time today and keep in touch. Thank you. And I do, I do have one, one parting word. The F okay. in Salesforce is always lowercase. Right. <laughs> I want to share that. I share that with everybody. It is one <laughs> word and the F is always lowercase. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. If you, if you capitalize that, then that's a signal. 
Yeah, yep. don't put that on a resume or a LinkedIn profile. Yep. Great. <laughs> great stuff. All right. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you. Have a great day. So if you could please do this new podcaster a solid, please share this podcast with others. I also want to hear your voice. Please do reach out to me. I want to include the voices of my listeners. If you have any questions, leave that in a voice message. You may be featured in a future episode. And please subscribe, share, spread the word about you relevant. And together we'll help you and others find relevance in the economy of now. Thanks. Thanks.